0: In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone Magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. Folks, this is album 51 from 1982, but really all the music is from the 50s and 60s. This is The Great 28 by Chuck Berry. So, folks, uh, you know, it is the summer, and in the summer, it is a classic Minnesota tradition to go up to the cabin, followed only by another classic Minnesota tradition to realize that your family drives you absolutely crazy at the cabin. So let's Infirmed. listen.
1: Confirmed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's listen, too. And, and that's why I, I really do believe that this is going to be a, the next hit song of the summer. Up in the morning at 533. Yes. yes. I'm driving up north with my family. Oh no, this is too, too real. For decent weather I say a prayer. Yeah. My extended family will all be there. Oh no, this Ooh. is too, too personal. Three hours later we get on the road. <laughs> my wife tells me again she doesn't want to go. <laughs> we stop on the way to get some groceries. Yep. It only costs 630. Yep. We finally arrive in late afternoon. <laughs> The kids want a tube behind the pontoon. Yeah. I just need to go and buy some gas. Yes. My Uh, wife disappears to take a nap. (laughs) When
2: you finally come back from town,
0: (laughs) you add the gas and the boat breaks down. Oh, that's the worst.
2: You paddle
0: back in a real bad mood. (laughs) But all the little kids have eaten your food. Oh no. (laughs) The kids are now playing out back. From their cousin the pyromaniac. <laughs> oh, <there's> always <laughs> Dinner comes the last straw. They tell you don't cook as well as your brother-in-law.
3: Oh boy.
0: At the Fight end of words. the day, you try to go to sleep. The temp at night is a hundred and three. Yes. You and the kids sleep in the same room. For 17 people, there's one bathroom. Oh, oh no. <laughs> cranky cuz they're tired <laughs> except at 10:30 at night they're totally wired therapeutic <laughs> can get a that's the love when you're ready to go. that's when the sun decides to show
4: that's the biggest bullshit isn't it you
0: use vacation days to come to the lake but going back to work will seem like a break yep when you want to hear a teacher that, that was only semi autobiographical <laughs>
3: the problem is it's not funny because it's all true. I know. Well, very the rest sad. of us, anybody who's gone up there is like, yeah, yeah, that's Dude, true. That's Dude, that's one
4: true. In the lake, Uncle Russ is very cool. Day seven, Uncle Russ is just a cranky old man that wants <laughs> to get the fuck home. Beck
0: did it better. Welcome, everybody, to Beck Did It Better, the podcast about the Rolling Stone top 500 list. We are all the way up to 51. Chuck Berry, and I've got three guys here who... Eh, yeah, they want you to see their dingling. Guys, I couldn't think of any other joke. I tried so hard. I looked through all the lyrics, but I can't that's think my dingling is not on here. 28 songs, I, well, not one of them is my dingling. You might you might find that on today's podcast there's a bonus 29th track. We'll see what happens. <laughs> oh,
4: no. I've got I've got
0: Russell in Minneapolis. Russell, how are you doing?
4: Rob, your mother told you someday you'd be a man, and you wouldn't have to do that with your big old hand. I know you've never learned to read or write so well, but now you play that VR just like you're ringing a bell. Yes. <laughs> Ah. So, oh, wait, sorry, Rob. I hope that didn't piss you off. <laughs> By the way,
0: I was putting on my VR goggles and I saw my sister coming in. So I did the plane on the big radio joke, but I did it toward her. She goes, oh, no. what the hell are you doing? And I go, oh, it was a joke. Uh, uh. I was like, oh, no, what a, what a backfire. What a disaster. I've got Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing?
3: Good, Rob. Ready to flush all that negativity from that uh, cabin song and get right into it here. Great. Uh, and I've got Aaron
2: who doesn't look a day over 14. Aaron, how are you doing? today? <laughs> oh, geez. what? Oh,
4: that's,
2: that's way so worse. So cute he doesn't look a day over 14. Uh, I'm, I'm just here drinking from my wooden cup and excited to uh, get this going. So let's, Oh my let's God. He let's talk some rock and roll. He does What's have a wooden, wooden cup. cup? Oh. This is shout out my dad, Sorry. who is a, a listener of the podcast. This is a Oakland A's commemorative wooden cup that is made from a bat. And then has uh, the Oakland skyline as well as, the names of cool. the uh, players on the team that particular year. I think they got their ass kicked by Tampa in the uh, wild card uh, that, particular, that particular year. But uh, I'm a big A's, A's fan, and I had a wooden cup, which uh, jived with Chuck Berry's lyrics. So I wanted to bust it out for tonight.
0: Well, that's Very good. Cool. I was wondering where I was going to make my first edit of the podcast. But now I know where you talk about how the A's did.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm, why aren't you worried drinking
0: out of that, that cup, though? Isn't that how coronavirus started? <laughs> There's not a, it's not a pangolin cup. Oh, it's a bat, though. It's a bat. Oh. Uh, all right. So let's get right into it today. We have a text to the Bex line, and I'll give you a hint. It's actually from my best friend. Okay. A so Bext. A Bext, let's, let's listen to the whole Bex. Jenny? <laughs> yes. Jenny is my best friend. Uh, <laughs> Why are you laughing so hard? Note at to that? self, edit out how hard I laugh when you mention that my wife yeah. is my best friend. All right. Voicemail, or to, Bex line, to Bex the
3: Bexline, the to Bex the line. I know this is just going to prove my douchy, pushing my glasses up my nose, wagging my finger, fact checking self, but Aaron's oh, repeated misunderstanding of Endless Nameless as the last song on Nevermind needs to be corrected. That was always meant as a secret song that came in about 10 minutes after the album proper ends with something in the way. Nirvana meant it as a joke, and the rest of Nevermind shouldn't be judged off of it. Magic Mike 69 oh. and a half. And that's what I call my penis.
0: (laughs) All right. Thank you. Magic Mike 69 coming in hot with the fact check. So finally we find out that Aaron actually doesn't know jack shit about music. So apparently that last track on Nirvana was a hidden track.
2: Aaron, what do you have to say about that? I have to issue an apology. I was not aware that it was a hidden track. I still think it's unnecessary, but yeah, I guess if you were listening on CD, there would have been several minutes of silence before you heard uh, the rest of that. So I, I, I will strike Those mentions from my future comments on Nirvana, I still think there are times when maybe number six is too high for Nevermind as much as I do like Nevermind.
4: But uh, I was was incorrect. you got to be correct on this stuff. The rest of us don't know the difference between Offspring and Oasis. And if you don't know that this is a secret track, we're all going to look bad. So don't (laughs) apologize. Rob, don't let him apologize.
0: Can I I just say something? Speaking of, of people not knowing the music, I have to point out a great joke that Aaron actually had Last oh. week and I just wanna point this out real good because I thought it was so funny. I clipped it. So here's a joke where we are talking about uh the doors, how uh Jay-Z covered a doors song last week. So listen to this.
2: She was looking for her husband and she said go to the Carlisle." No, shoot, that's the wrong clip. God dang it, Rob <laughs>
0: Oh, no. Where did for for go? the people
4: for the people that know. can't see what's going on, the whole time Aaron was telling his story, Rob was searching through all his clips looking for the Beck did a better apology. And so I started talking to Phil time so you could find it. And then you got then to it and then it you, you didn't looking play it. looking for a
2: different joke.
3: No, it's looking for a different one. And Rosie, I think you're talking about something in the way as like, not a good last song, right? Not that endless nameless song. No, I was Is talking about something. Endless, li- nameless. I mean, I don't You're know in, that okay. I'd love something in the way. I think I'd have to go back and listen. I, I'm
2: it, but I, I was talking about endless nameless when I've said this before. Something in the way, way sounds like a, a bad bin of protein powder that I got.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and speaking From of good w- jokes, here's H- another good joke. Oh no. All right. So now we have the first
2: diss track of the album, the takeover. <laughs> oh oh i heard this one got some doors sample in here is this the doors of the ramones on the sample? that beat that beat just crushes
0: and us. then you hear us just talk right over that joke <laughs> we just do not go back to that joke we do not go back to it also aaron i do have to say that is a good joke making fun of russ and i hey, salute you, know, you. Uh, we, why, we don't
4: make fun of me that's too easy that's like shooting fish in a barrel that's not i even just right. wanted
2: you guys to know that i am paying attention to what you say i just sometimes have to call back to the things that you say because you all are, are smart funny guys.
0: When people ask me to describe the podcast now, I do just say, well, we have a guy who confused the Doors and the Ramones. And that gets a laugh every single time. <laughs> That's not even
4: close to my worst one, though, I don't think. I'll take that as a compliment.
0: And my mom also has made more than one sitting in front with the driver joke since we've recorded the best of. So we're he's, she's still burning on you, Russell. It's just so great.
4: Uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> Russell's hey, like She's had to be your mom her whole life. She's been through enough. I don't even Whatever. Ha, I was <laughs> underweight when I came out. It
0: wasn't that bad. Don't worry. About it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, uh, Aaron, we officially to apologize to Magic Mike. I do apologize, but
2: I am going to go back and listen uh, between like now and next week. Apologize. I'm going to re-listen to something Tattooed in the way, and I might know. be right. Hey, Magic Mike. Awesome. Absolutely so. nobody.
4: Better podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, you don't yeah. know what you want, Magic Mike. Get out. Get the hell. I'm going to check it out. You're stupid facts. All right. So
0: let's get into everybody's favorite part of the podcast, the Rolling
4: Going. Oh, we have a new Rolling Going intro there, huh? I tried to be
0: excited about it, but then I realized I'm outside. I think my family can hear me through the window. So I also had to be quiet. So I'd be like, All right, Rolling Going. Russell, how's it going with you?
4: Rolling Going. We were talking about being back up at the cabin, being up north with the family. I was up north with my family last week, and I was maybe going to tell you guys about some of the the hardships I had with being with the family for a week, but we don't need to go over that. Rob's covered it in the song. But one thing that I did get to do when I was up North is up North has a few small casinos. And you guys know the three (laughs) of us, the four of us have been to Vegas numerous, numerous times over the year. We've probably been seven or eight times over the last seven, eight years. And so I decided I was going to go up to this little casino and play a little bit of blackjack without you guys. (gasps) Oh, how did it go? Well,
0: Russell, did, let me let me ask you this. Here's the only thing you need to know about yeah. a successful trip to a northern Minnesota casino. Yeah. Did you get stabbed?
4: <laughs> I did not, but I might have got copies from sitting on the seat. The third seat at the one blackjack table may have given me something. You're the winner. If you did not get stabbed at a northern Minnesota casino, congrats. <laughs> I, my, my casino, I'll, I'll give you a brief overview of the experience. Then I had a few questions about casino etiquette that I thought I would run by you guys. It's been a while oh, wow. since we've been there and I'm used to going and gambling with you guys with friends. And when you're not there with friends and when you're there with all strangers, it's a little bit different. But so I went and I won, I won 200 bucks. Oh yeah. Uh, I didn't go until the very last day. I was like, I don't want to go and I don't want to start a trend of going and losing a bunch of money up there. So I waited till the last day I went won 200 bucks and I came home and then I was like, oh, I need to go back. I need to go back. <laughs> and I lost my $200 right back to it. So I eventually, Classic broke, Vegas. I eventually broke even, but breaking even is winning, I guess, when you're having fun, right? Yes. So yeah. So would,
0: would you say that was a fun time? Like when you were sitting there, were you ever like, oh,
4: I'm having fun? Actually, not really. I was not <laughs> having fun. And I, for me, no. blackjack is a very social game. I want to play with my friends where you can joke back and forth. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play with with people I don't know. And I, I'll say this. I know I can be a loud and annoying blackjack player. When we play, we're uh-huh. always singing songs. We're joking around with the dealers and whatnot. I can't stand. I can't stand. Playing with loud, annoying blackjack players when I'm not part of the group.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there there were were there people having fun and you had to be the fun police and step in and say
2: it it was more like it's not not fair to say part of the group. Russell, you're generally the leader of the pack when it comes to. Yes. Playing blackjack,
4: making friends with the dealer. That's, you know, you're you're not just part of the group. Exactly. You've talked about this before, though. When you see things in other people, it reflects upon what you see in yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I saw these younger guys being really loud and really annoying, I was like, oh, God, I hate my." S-. It was just more <laughs> more a hatred, honestly, because oh, no. I know I'm that guy. I- I'm not so as sad. loud as that guy, but I'm that guy. So I thought what I could do, though, is other than the fact that I, I went and didn't have as much fun because I wasn't with you guys, I thought I could I could bring up some Moments that I had at the blackjack table, and I i think I know how you guys might think about some of these, but it's been more than a year since I've played, and I, it's been a long time since I haven't played with friends. So I wanted to see if you guys thought these types of things were okay at the blackjack table. Can I run those by you? Let's do yeah. it. Wait, it. Now, now, what is your clever name for this segment, Russell? Oh, okay, I'll
0: edit this out, but what, how about um, Bust or Big Bust?
4: <laughs> yes. <laughs> So this segment is called Bust or Big Bust. Oh, boy. <laughs> Boom, shakalaka. <laughs> so here, so the, first, the first scenario I got to ask you guys, I've played with all you guys for Blackjack for a long time. For the most part, I think we all generally play by the book. We might have a few things we do that are a little bit off. But what do you do when you're playing Blackjack with people that literally have no idea what they're oh. doing? They're, oh, no. hitting, they're hitting on 16s against a six. They're splitting 10s against a six. They're doing everything wrong. And sometimes dealers will kind of step in and help them. But as a player at the table, is it your obligation or should you just be quiet? Let them play. Do you get annoyed? What's your style when people don't know what they're doing? What did not? Is this like a $5 table? $10 table? It was is this a like t- the minimum $100 a table. T- it was a $10 table, which was the only table at the casino. Oh, no. Okay.
3: If it's like a a ten dollar, you know, like when we're in Vegas, usually like ten dollars is the little, you know, sometimes fifteen, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's that's where you just throw whatever preconceived notions you have about blackjack. If you're going to play at that table, you have to just say whatever and get out of the get out of the way. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. eventually those people, hopefully, they lose all their money as soon as possible and they get out. Sometimes it helps you, right? I mean, we had the famous Iowa double down all of a sudden that yep. just Come came and, and helped the whole table. You know, things like that. So Damn. when can people explain do things like now, that. Matt, can
0: you explain what the official <laughs>
3: term Iowa Double Down means for all our people? Well, from I tried, Iowa? I, you know, I have tried. This is the only thing I've ever tried to get on Wikipedia and it got denied. <laughs>
2: because it's not real. <laughs> Damn it. It is real. It, it, is, real.
3: <laughs> it is real. It is real. So if if I have it right, we've got a hard twelve, yep. which means oh yeah, a ten and a two. Yes, it's it's there's not an ace involved. You've got a hard that's twelve. The dealer's got a hard twelve. That's what I call, my penis. Tw- a, a what I call my penis. <laughs> that's
4: what I call my penis. I just hate when I get that hard three. It's so embarrassing. That's
2: what I'm gonna start calling. <laughs>
4: so you have got penis. a hard twelve,
3: <laughs> and the dealer's got a six. Yep. That's what I call my penis. I don't know. I don't have any other jokes. I'm that's just our- waiting. You're, 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 <laughs> just, you're just happy today. So I'm just, you got to have something, right, with all these buttons. I'm always so, happy. So the dealer's got a six, and you double that shit, right? Yeah. And the way this came up was that somebody from Iowa one time did this, an actual real-life casino play with a, with a group of true. people.
2: I'm still not sure.
3: That's and then true. he ended up, like, getting, like, a 19 or something, and the dealer ended up – no, I think he got, like, a four – so the dealer had the six and then a 10 would have had a 20. We all would have lost. But because he doubled down, the dealer ended up busting. So the whole table won. And so then that instantly, that's how. And just know, let not everybody all, know. Not all heroes wear capes. That's something that, that happens
0: probably at 2.30 in the morning, about eight years ago. And it's something we talk about every year for hours at Two. a time. We bring it up every time. We, we yell about it. We talk about it. It has become lore now. The Iowa double down, much to Aaron's
3: chagrin.
4: To so put a little color on this, the Iowa Double Down has always been a thing in my world. I've always called it doubling on a hard 12. And my favorite part about it is when you do it, it's kind of so dumb that the dealer has to announce that you're <laughs> yes, doing it. Like, yes, they're like, that's true. on a that. hard 12, yeah. and everyone's <laughs> looking around like, what the hell's going on? But the reason I think it's called an Iowa Double Down is our friend Jake at one point had seen that we were doing this, and he said— the only people that are dumb enough to do this are people from Iowa. And that is why it's called an Iowa double down. Folks, if
0: you are listening to this and you are part of our friend group who knows why we call it an Iowa double down, text in and t- to the backline. 802 <laughs> 277 and tell us, why do we call it an Iowa Double Down? None of us seem to know, but it is uh, the truth, and it will be on Wikipedia soon. Probably. And if you are one of our loyal listeners
2: podcast. from Iowa, please know that I have defended our state's honor on so many occasions. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Russ, if it's not
0: your money, I don't think you can tell people what to do at the black blackjack right. table.
4: Go ahead.
2: Out and I, I often look to you guys for advice when we're at the blackjack table together. But Smart. I feel the same about weird weird blackjack players as I do about like weird internet people where you read a weird conspiracy theory and you're like, well, that's crazy. And then you start thinking like, well, do they, may, do they know something that I don't know? Should I may, maybe they're, is this, wait, should I be thinking about this differently? So like when I sit at a table with people acting weird, I start thinking, wait, should I be really rethinking how yeah. I'm playing? Do they know something I don't?
0: After for the last podcast, Aaron sent us like 10 texts about chemtrails with question marks afterwards. He was like, maybe, <laughs> maybe they know something, you know, we don't know. Hey, maybe Beck did do it better than all these bands. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay, Russell. So, what else? How do you avoid getting
4: stabbed? They only have one table open cuz the other one is covered in blood from somebody getting stabbed the night before. Yeah, yes, yes. So, there's essentially only the one table open. So, that does change things a little bit. But the next thing was you're there, you're sitting at a pretty full table, and the new guy shows up and the new guy decides, "I'm playing two hands." The guy who plays or the lady who plays two hands at a table, what do you think of the person who needs to play Two hands at the table. I,
3: first, I'll ask, are they playing how you would expect a two-handed player to play? Like, are they playing, like, by the book kind of a thing? Or at least uh, have some sort of strategy? This person was playing the table
4: minimum and not playing by the book. Oh, oh no. But,
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, if they play playing the table, the only solace you get out of that is just watching this guy crash and burn. And then they get mad at the dealer because somehow it's the dealer's yes. fault that this guy's a dumbass, right? So... The, uh, the ancillary shit show that's going on with that guy <laughs> is the entertainment for, the while, for a little while right there. You kind of forget the cards, just play the minimum, but just watch that guy just crash. By march. the way, I want people to understand, like, when Russell is talking about a northern Minnesota casino, you might be
0: picturing, like, what you think of as a casino, especially some of our Nevada <laughs> listeners out there. What you actually need to picture... Is picture that if you gave yourself like a month and you said, I'm going to build a casino out of things I have around the house and I'm going to put it together. That's what this casino looks like. It's
3: going to be in a church basement. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. The one in the one I when I when I lived up in world, the one up there was literally like a blow up like they would have for like playing tennis in or whatever. And they kept meaning to put in like solid walls and they just never did. So it was like walking into this little metrodome. <laughs> people got stabbed there all the time. Very dangerous because it was a blow up area. So you had to be careful with sharp objects. But
4: you mentioned this though, Matt, you mentioned kind of watching the people next to you go down in flames. I started wondering if this makes me a bad person Oh no. when you're sitting there and you're willing to lose just to watch other people lose. Like you're happy when the table loses just because the <laughs> asshole next to you, you want him to lose and get leave. Like, does that make you a bad person when you're willing to lose hand after hand just to get rid of someone or not only
3: only if you laugh out loud so they turn and look at you that's yes. the only time
2: <laughs>
4: you're enjoying it silently it's it's,
3: it's hard to hold in the laughter sometimes isn't yes. it russell watch I, yeah. I, I
4: did laugh out loud once or twice because the one guy like you said <laughs> matt was getting really angry and, it's always the dealer's fault and yeah. then and then they got mad over whether they were clear on the hit or stay sign and then they oh, no they claimed they'd stayed and then they didn't and then the the pit boss had to come over and warn this guy and said, you have to be very clear about this. And at one point, the guy just got so pissed and he goes, just leave me alone. Just get away from me right now. <laughs> and so I wanted that. Like, I was willing to lose hand after hand just to watch the eruption. The, the last thing, the last, the last situation I was going to ask you guys about the, being up at the, at the up north casino. And this will normally happen in Vegas. It happens to us quite a bit because we're not big spenders. Maybe Matt is Matt. Matt will throw oh, some of those oh, big chips yeah. out there. but And I am, too. How do you guys handle blackjack when you're playing next to someone for a while? It was just me and one other guy and he was betting quite a bit of money. So he was betting 200 bucks a hand and then would get into the splits and doubles. And he had a hand where I think he had $1,200 on one hand. How do you handle playing with someone who's betting significantly more money where you're worried if you do something wrong, there's going to be a complete destruction of the building?
0: Yeah, Matt is is
4: loquacious today. Go ahead, man. I'm going to step in one more time. Again,
3: you're at the table minimum, right? And if this guy is not at like one of the high roller tables or something, then all bets are off. He well, he knows who he's playing with. I mean, you just keep playing whatever. That guy that guy he might as well be betting, betting 5 bucks. I'll tell you what. You don't though. care. Yeah.
0: When you're at this ta- when you're at this casino, your chances of getting stabbed, you're at the table maximum for that. So I would definitely I would definitely turn to that guy. If he's got thousand dollars out, I think you turn to him and go, what do I do? What do you want me to do on this hand?
4: Yeah. Like, yeah you could a, ask him that. If like it's if 16, it's a 50-50 or something. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, his chip stack is like the endowment for the whole city. So and, <laughs> if if he wins or loses, there's gonna be problems. Yeah, that's me. The
2: one time it's happened to me in Vegas. And it's great, it just takes the pressure off of you. I just become that person's de facto second hand. I just say. Yeah. Hey, what what do you get? What do you want me to do? Like I just, and then, and then I'm there for another 10, 15, whatever minutes and I don't have to make any choices like, Oh, Hey, you got a whole bunch of money out there. What what would you do here? And then I just, but the real question
4: is, so let's say Aaron, you've got a a $20 bet out there and this guy's got a thousand dollar bet deep down. Do you want to win your hand more than you want him to win or not? Oh yeah. Yes. For sure. You care about your hand, not his. Yeah. I always want to win my hand. Right.
2: Yeah, I was, I move know. my hand, but it's still, it's still a game of chance. You can play it by the book and get your ass kicked as has happened to me plenty times. So then no. I, if I just leave it to fate or some other external force, then I don't have to worry about it. It's just like
0: that sign Aaron has in his garage, you know, capitalism, number one, it's like, if they have more money, they get to tell <laughs> yes. you what to do. I think that's right. So I agree. Yes. I would turn to the guy and be like, what do you want me to do? And then I would do the opposite.
4: I'd be like, nobody controls me. <laughs> <laughs> <Stab>. <laughs> <laughs> Before we move out, I have to say we've been to Vegas many a times, and and sometimes you see people that are down on their luck. They're just sitting there, and they they're had too much to drink, too much of other things. They've lost all their money. They're just sitting there, and it, it looks brutal. When you're at a at a up north casino, and there's like the random guys just sitting like slouched over at the at the machine playing the penny slots, mm-hmm. it it is just not good. It it, it is not a good sight. And you went Sounds twice. Like rough scene. Let's, be, <laughs> let's be clear. You went twice, <laughs> this,
2: this. went twice. It was so bad. He went back to check it out again.
0: Oh, Russell's like, I love visiting my family.
4: Well, after the most
0: depressing place in the world twice.
4: <laughs> well, I, Honestly, I had to go when, when I've reached my Uncle Russ point of like, OK, I'm about to blow up on these kids and, and they will oh, yeah. never Get like me again. There. So I'm like, yeah, I yep. just need to go to the casino. I, I can't take these kids fishing one more time, and that it was only like the third time, and I was like, yeah. I can't do it again.
0: Russell, my my reel is all tangled. You just look, and it's like an explosion happened on the reel. There's just line <laughs> all over.
4: It's oh. not. It's not fun when you tell your nieces and nephews it looks way too windy out there, where there's no wind on the lake, and you don't want to go back in that boat. <laughs>
0: Ooh, ooh, that looks rough out there, guys. you ever seen Perfect Storm? Oof, this is bad.
3: Need a little wind here.
0: <laughs> All right, Matt, rolling going. How's it going with you?
3: Uh, good, good. I got a couple things on my list today. Um, first, I, I actually watched an NBA basketball game. Wow. I watched hey. game six. Great game. Um, I, I, I do like watching when, you know, championships can be won, things like that. But I, I don't know. Did you guys, catch, did you guys watch it? Anybody watch it? Yeah. No, I'm out the, on sports. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. That's yep. good. So no. at the end of, this, end of the game, right, you know, Milwaukee wins. Confetti comes down. Everybody's high and They're looking at Giannis and the rest of the guys and all this stuff. So then they're going to go to the trophy ceremony, right? And the trophy ceremony comes out, and Adam Silver, the commissioner, says, and now the world champion Milwaukee Bucks. And who do you think grabs the trophy? The, well, it's got to be Giannis. The He's damn, the star be, of the it's, team. It's, it's, no, it's, it's, probably
4: the, the, I, it's the team owner, I bet. Yes. The, team the dumb owner shit the team guy. owner who's yeah. got like
3: the T-shirt on over his suit and just yeah. looking in the hat. And just annoying. looks horrible. And <clears> so there's three team owners, I guess, for Milwaukee. And each of them did the old uh, hoisting of the cup thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then they put it down and they didn't give it to any of the players. That is about the
4: worst thing ever. Yeah, it's yeah, just can't, terrible. Can't team, team owners just take their ridiculous profits just sit back. and go yeah, just sit back and in the corner and count like, yeah, like, yeah, come the out billionaires later.
2: anyway,
0: like just lay back for a day. Guys, I for one feel bad for the team owners, okay? Why? Because it'd be one hmm. thing if you like cheer for a sports team and they suck, okay? Like I've done that. I'm used to it. It would be another thing if you own that team and you also had to cheer and they still suck. You'd be like, God, they suck. Oh, it's all my fault. God dang it. I'm terrible. Like it would just be. You know, it's like when your kid does something really dumb and you're watching him do it and you're like, yep, that's just what I would have done at that age,
3: too. Well, my kid's <laughs> dumb like me. That's too bad. Yep. So good for them. Good for all of our uh, cheesehead friends to the east over there. Yeah, thank goodness. Um, we are going to have, and I haven't run this by you guys, but I'm just going to commandeer it anyways. We're going to have our first um, Beck Did It Better concert meetup <coughs> scheduled awesome. hey, for what October concert? 24th. What is it? Rolling Stones are coming back to the Oop. Twin Cities, and so yeah. <laughs> the magazine, yeah, the, the top five hundred yeah. list. They're going to do a podcast where they go through all five hundred albums. They've got they've got a couple people that are going to come out and play one or two songs each, yeah. and then they're going to have like radio DJs in between. It's and so then, good. Yeah.
4: Are you organizing yeah. a listening party for our listeners to join us, Matt? Are you buying tickets for everyone, or how's this mm-hmm. going to oh, work? No, I'm not buying for everyone. I'm just we're, we'll we'll meet You're at buying some. Buying tickets uh, for all our listeners? Oh, wow, sure, yeah, that is impressive. That is so generous of You're gonna you. You're going
0: to
3: buy five whole tickets.
4: Five tickets. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the four, t- yeah, and then <laughs> then I'll invite Russell, and he won't come anyway. So it'll yeah, just true. be like ah. <laughs> well,
4: technically, Matt would probably invite me, and I would show up, and he wouldn't be there, and he wouldn't show up for like the next two hours. That's how it's generally gone in those situations. <laughs> That's how it's generally gone. I get it. I get it. Okay, so
3: October twenty fourth, all Minnesota people will be going to Rolling Stone. So you know, we'll figure that out when it gets a little closer. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, the last thing I got in my list is. I just, I I didn't know how nostalgic I'd be about what we did today. The boys and I, we went to the Richfield public pool. Were you guys public pool kids growing yes. up? Did you go to the, yeah. And I just, I, it was like, we were in the pool. I went and, to a
0: country club because I also did golf and tennis lessons, alternating days. <laughs> oh, uh, but the country club pool was also pretty busy. There were a lot of people there and right? it was sometimes <laughs> like. Sometimes it was so hard because sometimes, you know, you'd forget your account number for having to order lunch at the little snack bar and you'd have to bring cash. Did you go in the men's restroom? <laughs> yeah. Was there anyone else in there with you?
3: No. Exactly.
0: That's it. what I'm talking yeah. about at pools. Yeah. Go into that men's restroom. There's never anybody else there. It makes you
4: think. <laughs> How do they have all those when They've got nowhere. There's no one in here.
2: Matt, we should start a Public Pool Memories podcast. I could do this all day. We 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 once went to a dive-in. They did a dive-in movie. It was The Goonies. You brought your floaty, floated in the pool, watched The Goonies. Uh, How amazing is that?
0: That sounds awesome. So much pee. So much pee in that pool. (laughs) I do have to admit, I also now belong to a private pool on Roosevelt Island as well in New York, so it's, it's private. My kids don't know. My kids would never be, they'd be like a pool with other people here. So do you have to reserve time or
4: do you just show up or how does it work, Rob? I used
0: to have to reserve time, but now, now you can just show up. But now that I've been gone, I've just been giving my name and my wife's name to other people. And then they go. So I feel like I'm getting my money's worth by helping other people go to pools. So it's good times.
4: Do you have to show them your wife's W2 to qualify for that (laughs) type of pool or not? (laughs) No, we used to though. God, It's not as much as
0: a mattress, but it's up there. (laughs) Half the mattress, a little more. Yeah, it's not quite half
4: a mattress. <laughs> can you get a queen not
0: quite half, a little, amount or a A quarter of a mattress is a little a little You could over buy quarter. a couple waterbeds on Craigslist, okay? <laughs> and I don't want to get in. I don't want to have to. <laughs> but we are getting to the waterbeds corner, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> why'd you request
4: this yes. again? I've got better. Like
0: ocean ocean the ocean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> again, I recorded I, that in front of my family at the cabin.
2: I saw several jokes about uh, how they installed, you know, um, se- anti-sex beds at the Olympic Village, right? The, Olymp- mm-hmm. the Olympic the anti-sex to- beds. Yeah, the Olympic athletes have to sleep on cardboard because they're trying to keep them from shacking up with I each other. I
0: was wondering what that package was at my apartment that had all the Japanese written all <laughs> over it. I asked, I asked Jenny what it was, and she's like, "Oh, it's just don't worry about it." That makes sense would you guys, For when you get back.
4: Would you guys mind doing like a video chat where I show you my bed because something's been wrong with it for quite a while and maybe that's when I bought the wrong type.
0: We look, and it's just like he's been buying like stuff you'd put down for a hamster, like like wood shreds and stuff. He's put he's like, Oh, this is good bedding. It's like, no, Russell, you need to go to a bed bath beyond. You've been going to the pet store and buying bedding. This is terrible.
2: That's a good joke. Anyway, the joke is they should have just done water beds because those are anti-sex beds, but I think you guys you, you did it, you did it one better. I don't think they're
4: anti-sex beds. I think back in the 80s, I think a, a waterbed was a sex bed. I think that was prime prime for the time, wasn't prime it? Prime real estate. Oh.
0: I, I just think with a waterbed, like, when I'm laying there, I want everything to be as high above the bed as possible. It needs to look as big as it possibly can. If I'm sunk into the bed and all that's <laughs> sticking up is one little glands, I don't need that.
4: You know what I mean? <laughs> one more glands. It's already rough enough. Yeah. But- <laughs> That horizon dips down. It doesn't get cut quite over the horizon. It's not good, is it? Yeah, the rest of it's so big, but the
0: glands are so small. I don't know how it works. <laughs> Lower the rings, it's forced perspective. Uh, I will say for my role in going this week, I was talking to my friend Kirsten this week, and uh, she had a drink. We were out on a boat, and she had a drink that was kind of a cool drink. I don't remember what it was. And I Kristen? said, Kirsten? Well, I said, Where'd you get this drink? And she said, Oh, what I do at the liquor store is I just look to see somebody who I want to be. So she goes and finds like a 25-year-old, somebody who looks cool, somebody who dresses like cool. And whatever they buy, she just goes and buys it right with them. She just goes right behind him and buys it. And she says that every time somebody turns around and goes, oh, my gosh, that's what I'm getting. And she goes, yeah, me too. (laughs) And she's she's like, yeah, I do that at the liquor store. And I do the same thing at Target when I'm shopping for clothes. I just find whatever people are buying that somebody I would want to be. And then I just go buy that same thing for me. Do you guys ever
4: do that or not? No, but I'm going to start doing that. Matt, do you ever do something like now, that? When I'm, tra- when I'm following a 25-year-old woman
0: around Target buying the same clothes, I think I'm going to get some looks, but yeah. I still think it's a good idea.
4: Do you guys ever have a moment, let's say you're out with friends or something, and someone orders no. a beer or a drink, and they, they order some sort of fancy beer, and you don't really know what to get, and you just said, I'll have what they're having, and then do you ever feel like you're just kind of a loser because you're just jumping on board with someone else? Like They pick a glass of wine, and you're like, I'll have the same thing, or they pick a cocktail, I'll have the same thing you always get your own thing, or do you ever jump on board with other people you're with?
3: I'd say 75, 25. Like, I know what I want, but sometimes you're at a fancy place or something and you don't know. It's, it's a compliment, Russell. Hey, I'll just have what they're having. They, they know what they're talking about. It's a compliment. Yeah, I so. like
0: it. The worst, Russell, is when I'm going to get something, and then my wife says that she's going to get that same drink. And I'm like, God damn it. Well, we can't both order the same drink. Like, that's terrible. Like So I, I have to order a second drink. It's always not as good as the one she gets. I should just order the one I want, but I just can't bring myself to be sitting there on a date and just order the same drink, the two of us. I I
4: I think the move Rob is, I know you've been on a date with me, but I'm going to give you some dating advice. I think the move is to order two and let Jenny try both of them and let her have the one that she likes better. I like that move. So not let her order at all. I like that Russell
3: take (laughs) charge. Rob's. He's telling Jenny he's putting the hand up. No, yeah, you hold on. Jenny. 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 <laughs> no, no. Jenny. Jenny, 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 Jenny. I, I Jenny kind of grab her upper arms, arm yeah. a little bit. I'm like, <laughs>
4: no, don't worry. I got this. I'll already <laughs> this. Don't
3: worry. <laughs> oh, no. She'll have, smile more.
4: She'll <laughs> have the macaroni and cheese craft style. She'll have eight eggs. Aaron, rolling going. How's it going with you?
2: Uh, it's going great. Um, had a date last night with my. So I, well, I do want to say I want to respond. I want to respond to hey. Rob's mom.
4: Did, go ahead, did Russell. She, did she? Uh, did you put out? Oh,
2: yeah.
0: Uh, huh? Yeah. Usually you tell us afterwards there, but now tell us. during the podcast. Sorry.
4: And I know you usually say that for the end, but yeah. it's the secret podcast.
0: You're using all of our good stuff from the secret podcast. Was it the same thing as last month that you talked about? Oh yeah. I got li- it. I got little weenie the, on the hike.
2: Was it in the tent? Yeah, tortellini in the tent? in the tent. I should, I should have known better. I, what I wanted to say was I wanted to respond to Rob's mom. I, I checked Ooh, I don't like with, this. my wife about, whether it's okay to call her my lady. And she, she likes that one. She's okay with it. So I think I, you know, I, I do, we are married. I want that to be clear. I'm not trying to skirt that issue, but I like to call her my lady and she's okay with that. So I just want to put that out there in response. My re-rolling going is related to my lady. So I had to, I had to make sure to clear the air on that one, which is that we bought a new credenza, which I didn't know what that was either. It's like a chest of drawers kind of yeah, thing. chest we of drawers. We all know what that is, Aaron. We're not idiots credenza to, uh, you know, put our, our entertainment, like a media center, but it's not a media center, but I'm, I'm considering streamlining my, uh, record playing apparatus. So I've got this big, okay. big chunky receiver and two speakers, which I've spoken about on the podcast. Wait a before. minute. Wait a minute. It's wait a minute. We're talking about a record. <laughs> oh, you hear that?
4: You hear that? it's time to
2: talk about parents oh the record player quarter. it's been a while since yeah, we got this I do, one yeah and i do i do need a bit of advice on this so uh it turns out that with the new credenza the 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 setup that i have is just too much and in general at this mm-hmm. point now the the big chunky receiver and the two speakers are devoted only to the turntable nothing else and it's a it's a bit overkill so i'm considering Moving on, getting a single powered speaker that's sort of more minimalist and then I wouldn't need the, the receiver and the speakers anymore. It is an emotional decision for me because as I've discussed on the podcast, it's a part of my, my story and my lady's story. So when I decide to part with the receiver and the speakers, here's what I'm considering and I need your help. I will sell... The setup, but it's going to be on a sliding scale, right? So mm-hmm. I, think, I think the whole thing when I bought it would have been like 400 bucks, but this was, you know, 15 years ago. So I think if you, if you are a person with zero records, zero tapes, zero CDs in your collection, you just want to get started, that's $100. If you're a person with, and I, you, you guys can help me adjust the scale. If you're a person with 10 CDs, records, or tapes, all 10 of them are greatest hits, $400.
4: It's like a progressive tax system. Right.
2: If you're okay. a person who owns a copy of Funkadelic's Hardcore Jollies, I will give you the whole setup for that copy of Hardcore Jollies. That's all. That's it. So I just, if you're out there listening and you need an Ankyo receiver.
4: What if you're someone who your favorite record is without question the Kokomo soundtrack? Yes. That's fine. That, that's totally cool. Yeah. I, I like so what Russell thing is, calls the cocktail soundtrack, the Kokomo soundtrack. Like
2: I, was the same movie. difference. Russell's
0: like, hey, you want to watch Kokomo? That movie with Tom Cruise where he serves cocktails? I'm not
2: trying to be a music snob about this. I just, I, I really want to sell it to either someone who's gung-ho about getting started on collecting music and this is their fresh start. Or just someone who, I feel the same way about listening to music as I do about someone making food at a restaurant. I just want them to care about it. I just want them, even if it's like someone who owns... 50 Limp biscuit CDs and they've got, you know, bootlegs of bootlegs and, you know, imports and all of that. Like, that's great. Like, if that's your thing, that's great. I just want someone to care about music.
4: What if you what if you gave it away for free and you interviewed potential buyers like you had a day where mm. when you weren't when you weren't cooking linguine for those seven hours, you're supposed to be right. working. You literally just said, yes, I'm going to give this away for free. I just want a 15 minute conversation about music. And at the end of the day, you gave it to the person that you thought it would benefit the most. How about this? this
0: Facebook Marketplace, put it for free, but say, you need to send me a message. With what you know, CDs, like records, top you own. Five, yeah,
4: top five albums of all
0: time, and then you pick. Right. I think that'd be fun. Do that, and yeah. let's see what you get for responses. I would love to see what you get for responses. That
4: would be that would be badass. Rob Rob will supplement the the loss of income with revenues from the podcast to mm-hmm. support your effort in that. Yeah, Aaron, you can have a hundred twenty
0: percent of the revenue that we've made since we
4: started. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> you, what you could do is auction it off, and if anyone downloads one episode of our hmm. podcast, yes. that would probably be worth it, right? That would get it totally for free. be worth
3: it. That's it. One more download would do it. So Rosie, Rosie, if somebody, let's just say you're trying to sell this thing for a hundred bucks, you've got a person who's got the best taste in music around, you know, Mm -hmm. what you're looking for ideally is going to pay you a hundred bucks. But then some just average Joe who will probably just throw it in their back counter, is going to pay you 150 for it. What would you do? Well,
2: I don't want it to, I mean, I wanted to go to a good home and get good use. So I'd give it to the person with, with great taste for a hundred bucks. But if the average Joe tells me they're going to put it on their back counter and play records on it every day
4: and, and love it. And no, I'm saying they're going to put it in their back shelf and it'll never see the light of day ever. Oh, again. well then I'm not going to, yeah, I don't want the extra 50 bucks. I want it to do to like a good the home. guy who's giving his dog away. Cause he doesn't want to take care of the dog anymore. He's like, well, I want someone to <laughs> at least feed the dog. I don't care if he's got yeah, a, like I, a pen to run in or anything, but I want at least to need to feed home. the dog. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of your Facebook marketplace post, be like, what do you think about waterbeds? And please <laughs> note, I have a small glance. Yeah. If you could do it, if you can just do a straight up swap, Aaron, that would be great for the content <laughs> of this pod going forward.
2: <laughs> well, I will try to report back. It is going to be a, a, a bit of a process because I'm not prepared to part with it yet. So I'm going to get the new speaker, try it out for 45 days, see what I think. And then, and then maybe I'll be ready to, to go through this process. So I'll I will report that the way to
4: happened. do it is to give it away to whoever writes the best hundred word essay on why they love oh, music. Yes. I think that's the way to do it. Oh, I and love then it's Russell. Thing. And then we'll read those. And Aaron, I think we speak for everyone
0: listening when they say, what the fuck is your problem? I, I just don't <laughs> get it. Like, I don't know. Like the idea, like I could not be happier to get rid of some old ass speakers. Like I would, I would sell I mean, my wedding that, album at this point going. for three dollars. Like who cares? Give me less stuff. I want less stuff yeah. in my life. I, the idea that you're gonna, I'm gonna trust all these speakers for 45 days. Like why?
2: Why 45 days? That's so long.
0: Like the 44th day, you're like, actually, I hate this.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and this is. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Rob. I'm trying to go more minimalistic, but this is a particular, of particular sentimental value to me. So I've got to be careful about who I give it to. Guys, it is time to get into the album. Yes, nice. time for nobody's favorite part of the show. Let's talk about the <laughs> album. Oh
4: yeah! I think we should just go back to the, the waterbed opening for the album. What?
0: I you like did. the waterbed opening for the album. I made that in five minutes while I was watching the Olympics today. Like next to my family, it's humiliating to do it again. All right, so let's talk about. We were talking about Chuck Berry's Great Twenty Eight. Like I said, this came out in nineteen eighty two, but this song is this album is actually chronological, so it's kind of I was going to say it's fun to listen to. I'm not going to go that far, but it is interesting to hear like how he advanced throughout the age with the first song being the oldest and the last song being the newest. You guys know what chronological means. I don't have to explain it to you. Maybe some of our dumb shit listeners I do, but it's interesting to think this. He started coming out with songs in 55. Chuck Berry was born in 1926, right? right. So when he was writing these songs about teenagers and like cars and fast cards, he was 29 years old. And for a lot of this, he was in his 50s. So <laughs> When you listen to this album and you think about that, it takes on a whole new thing when it's like, hey, here's my uncle Chuck Berry singing me these songs about,
2: uh, you know, uh, teenagers
0: and fast cars. He was barely that.
2: 17. Oh my
0: God. And the thing is, is that a lot of these songs, we're going to see, they sound very, very similar. But it also is like, I think we have to put his perspective a little bit. When this album, when he wrote his first song, Chuck Berry, when he came out with Maybelline in 1955, the number one song in the country, the top single of 1955, is Perez Prado, Cherry Pink and Blossom White. And here it is. What is, is Ooh, that? Is this is a nice
2: song.
4: Ah, oh, isn't that one. Oh, this is like big band or something. Yeah, very smooth. I mean this this is no Herb Albert. It's <laughs> no. Not e. It's Herb Albert, Aaron.
0: Herb Albert. Herb Albert. If you bought a waterbed and this song was playing when they delivered it, I think that'd be perfect. This is a perfect waterbed song. I could listen to this all day. So part of it is, is listening to this album. You have to kind of keep in perspective what he was, what what the music was like at the time. Chuck Berry was plagued with legal problems his entire career. We've we talked in the last episode a little bit. Probably most famously got arrested for installing toilet cameras in his restaurant, but he Chuck Berry became so famous as one of the early rock and rollers. And a lot of people think it's because honestly, if you listen to the music, He's, he, they, they, you can, he's got the, kind of the start of rock and roll where it's this blues country guitar. You can hear what he's saying. The diction is really clear. And honestly, he sounds white, right? So we're talking about with all this music, we're talking about a black guy trying to break through music in the fifties. Like that would be such an impossible challenge. But sure. the fact back then that nobody knew what he looked like, um, I, I, I think probably really, probably really helped him. He went into chess records to do an audition chess records hit, already Rob, hit.
4: Rob Rob you know about auditions I've seen the purple links you click on i you know about auditions right <laughs> I actually, uh, cast- now, actually now we're getting into Russell's now we're getting
3: right? uh-huh. layers back
4: Aaron's mm-hmm. nodding so
0: big oh my god Aaron is like <laughs> <laughs> is that one guy I, I, what I don't get about that guy right because you can tell it's the same guy for all those auditions <laughs> he must be so tired like every day he's like oh god I got to do another audition <laughs> Like what do they tell him? Like okay, I'll do an audition every twelve hours. Like I don't, it could never work for me. There's no way.
4: It, great twenty eight auditions would not work for me. I've probably only got a great twenty four
0: auditions. Trust me, every time I go into a job interview, I pray to see that black leather couch. I can. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> please. Yeah, Aaron laughed at that. I know what's about Um. So he went in and he played a couple blues songs. And this, the Chess oh. Brothers already had Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf. And the legend is, is that his edition went so bad. They said, what's the worst song that you have? And so he played a song that he had called, and he ended up calling it Maybelline, put it out and it became like pretty much an instant classic. And Chuck Berry then would tour the country, but he never toured with a band because he would have to pay him so much. So there's a ton of videos online. If you watch Chuck Berry, they play live where he's playing like in Europe with a band that's never heard the music and, and they're just following him like they would in a jazz. And it's interesting. And, And it led to so many bad live shows of Chuck Berry that so many people were mad at him.
2: Counterpoint, there is now one fantastic live recording that he did in Detroit with the Funk Brothers, uh, which was later in his career, I think 63 maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, And it rips uh, the Funk Brothers, the backing band for The Temptations. And you can hear just the way the audience knows every word. It's one of these just like great documents to rock and roll and the impact that he had on the culture. It's fantastic. But I think it was a rare you're right, Rob, I think it was a rare event. And finally, I think that this is one of the few albums, you know, because Aaron's always
0: talking about in her space, but I, this is one of the few albums that's actually <laughs> been spent out to outer space because these both of these uh, the Johnny B. Good is on both the Voyager One and Voyager Two satellites, which are currently outside of the solar system, heading off into space. So if you if you want to know what kind of music is on space, it's a guy who has gotten arrested for setting up toilet cams to film people watching go to the bathroom. So but hey, Rob, there's hope for everybody you, out there.
4: You mentioned that and I was reading a little bit about that Voyager album. They essentially made this album of music from all these different cultures throughout the world. And there's really only one pop song or rock song on it at mm-hmm. the time, right? It's just the Chuck Berry song. And then it's all these classical it's, you know, Beethoven's fifth and other stuff like that. Is that right?
0: Oh, I didn't do any other research. I have no idea. No, you
4: dumb shit. <laughs> I did a lot of time looking at
0: his toilet <laughs> cam case, actually, That's like, what I looked up. A lot. Like, we should get to the first down. The music like, we're does track. speak
2: for itself. We should, we should probably discuss it. All right, let's
0: get into Maybelline. Got up number five Jeez, on the billboard.
4: Maybelline. This is a pretty ah, badass start to the album, oh, don't you guys think? Oh, oh absolutely. Why can't you be true? Yeah, I mean, they take this sort of
2: like Tennessee two-step that was popular in Sun Records and they make it louder. And then Motivating Over the Hill. I mean, all this stuff you can hear just in that brief clip. It's like, that's the Beatles, that's Dylan, that's the Rolling Stones. There would be none of those people without Chuck Berry. They were all trying to do what he did. So, again, we're talking like 1955.
0: Right, that song was based on a song by Bob Willis, or not by, but it's an old country song called "Ida Red." Here's "Ida Red" for you. Ooh, Bob Willis and the Playboys. Jesus Christ, Aaron, leave. Put those magazines yeah. down. Wait, isn't that what they were called? You're correct. It's Texas I Playboys.
4: I don't know what the band is called, but you don't have to pull the magazines up. Yeah, Aaron's like, actually, I'm more into Hustler.
2: This also <laughs> rips. I mean, no doubt, like. No disrespect to Bob Willis and the Texas Playboys.
4: Can you imagine if we get like a cease and desist from Bob Willis and the Texas Playboys for besmirching them on this podcast tonight? <laughs> Bring it on, Bob.
0: I just want to circle back, talking about those hustlers a little bit, because you'd open them up and you'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> it is time to look at pornography. And then there's like girls keen in there and you're like, what is going
2: what? on? It my mind. Real? Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. One hundred percent. I swear to God,
1: I'm not trying to play
2: like I have seen a playboy in my life, but I've definitely never seen a hustler. That's that's real smut. Yeah, it's (laughs) it was it was like
0: (laughs) to the point where you're like, I don't I think I'm a bad person. Like it really made you (laughs) question like what kind of person you (laughs) were. Guys, listen, enough about people peeing and taking pictures of it. Let's talk more about Chuck Berry. Uh, This is 30 days. Now, I'm going to I'm going to do you hear something similar between Maybelline and 30 days? No. Wait a minute. Is it the... <laughs> is it everything? <laughs> is it the only uh, one? Oh,
3: Maybelline. Yeah. Maybelline.
0: Maybelline. Maybelline. <laughs> I do love the background singers here, though. He said this
4: is a tribute to Hank Williams.
2: Yeah, it's good yeah. Yeah. Talk piano. You're right.
4: There's a pretty badass guitar solo on this later on in the song. So this, this does hammer from a guitar perspective. I don't know where Chuck Berry, I think he's in the top... Five or six all time guitar players, but there are some pretty badass solos on here. Yeah, it
0: is. I mean, obviously, like you, again, you have to think about this is not being released as an album. These are released as singles. So, like, you're not hearing Maybelline right after and then hearing 30 days on the same album. So, it would be kind of fun to be like, oh, here's a new Chuck Berry single. I'm going to put it on. But, man, a lot of these sound that I, I picked a lot of these songs starting from the very beginning, and you're going to hear that opening bar a lot and a lot of times. Uh, This is just like when I used to throw a knuckleball. You can't
2: catch me.
4: Huh? Yeah. There's there's no spin on it, right, Matt? There's no spin on the knuckleball. Liam Hendricks in the
2: All-Star Game threw an -an 84-mile-an-hour knuckleball.
0: Look at that. Okay, so let's talk about things we care about. This was actually the part that uh, John Lennon stole for Come Together that we talked about on the Beatles episode and got sued for it. John Lennon had to write songs for the record company. Um, Because he didn't think the term coming up slowly on flat or what was it? Here come old flat top. He come grooving up slowly. That's yeah, come together. But he was like, "Uh, nobody will know I stole those lyrics. All right, too much monkey business. Beatles did this one too. Aaron, you were here's
4: a little guitar solo solo for you. You guys were mentioning the Beatles and all the bands that took from this. Like the beginning of this sounds like a Beach Boy song. There's five or six Beach Boy surfing songs that Mm -hmm. are direct rip offs of Chuck Berry songs. Am I right? Uh,
2: yeah, Surfing USA is a rip-off of one of these coming up here, like 100%. Yeah. Not, even, not even trying to hide it. I,
0: the, if you look up the Wikipedia for this album, 99% of the Wikipedia is who covered these songs. Because these songs right. really, like, if you, like the Rolling Stones, their first single was a Chuck Berry song, right? Like you talk to so many rock and roll people, and they're like, yeah, Chuck Berry was an absolute giant influence. I mean, and if you listen to the, some of these, I put in a couple of guitar solos just to try to switch things up with these songs. And he can, I mean, you're right, Russell, he can jam on the guitar. There's no doubt about it.
4: Well, and especially when you listen to it compared to whatever that Paisley Park or whatever that band you were playing that had the other hit in 1955 or whatever, it's so beyond whatever else was being played at the time, right? Oh, what? You don't like, you don't think this is a, you don't think that this is a ripping guitar solo? (laughs) Oh, but that sounds good. (laughs) I
2: wonder if it's a flugelhorn and not a trumpet.
0: Aaron Aaron was a 50-year-old woman in 1955. He's back. (laughs) All right. So let's get to uh, Brown-Eyed Handsome Man.
4: This. I love this song. This is one of my favorite songs ever. There's a Johnny Cash version of this song that absolutely, absolutely crushes. I never knew where it came from, but this is one of my favorite songs on the album. I love listening to it. All the lyrics are awesome. It's a gem. It
0: really is. a. It's a super clever song. I didn't know Chuck Berry wrote this song. Uh, in their Million Dollar Quartet, uh, Elvis, Johnny Cash, and Carl Perkins, you can hear Elvis talk about what he toured with, with uh, Chuck
4: Berry. You ought to hear some of his stuff sitting around, boy. I just come off a tour with this guy, Chuck Berry. Man, he sat down behind the stage and just, yeah,
0: I didn't know. It really. I, like it. I mean, it's so <laughs> funny that it's like, there's Elvis just basically admitting like, yeah, he played a bunch of stuff. And I think I'm going to, you know what I should do? I should probably steal that stuff and play it to make it more famous. Yeah. I think that's a good <laughs> well, idea. Well,
2: right. And that's interesting. Elvis is a good lead into the, the racial implications. I mean, so you, you, you mentioned Rob, that, that Chuck Berry was very clear in his intention in crossing over and, and worked at that. But mm-hmm. this song, if you think about um, kind of what he's saying about the, the judge's wife rescuing the brown eyed, handsome man. That's a potentially when you think that this isn't that far removed from some of the things that had happened in the forties and fifties, that's a, it's an intense statement to make. Uh, and he did it in a poetic way, but it, it certainly calls out uh, something that would have been really controversial. Like imagine if this really happened, like if the judge's wife went down to the courtroom and you know, a brown eyed man doesn't necessarily have to be black, but he could be. And if the judge's wife who's probably white, went to the courtroom and said, you got to let that guy go to keep your job people would, you know, eyebrows would be raised and, and lives were lost for less. So, uh, he's, he's playing at something while making great tunes. Well, that's like the, you know, he came out with a, you know, he came out
0: with a sequel to Johnny Be Good. He also came right. out with a sequel to this song and it's called a brown eye. I see in my cam. And that was later. <laughs> that was later. <laughs> brown eye I see in my cam. You I want to get it that as It's funny, tattoo, either, but I laughed at it. Oh. No, it was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brown-eyed handsome man. Here is Elvis singing
3: it. <laughs> <Ooh>, fun.
4: Brown-eyed
0: handsome man. It is a banger. It's it's so good. If you are like me, okay, and you keep thinking to yourself, why can't somebody go tell Beethoven to fuck themselves? This is the song for you. Roll over, Beethoven. Get out of here. <laughs>
4: And there's a Beatles cover of this one. Is that right? Yeah, oh, I think so.
2: All these. Every one of these. Yeah, the Beach Boys.
0: Yeah,
4: I mean, the, like the Beatles, I think they just played, like when the
2: Beatles were playing in Hamburg, I think they were basically playing Chuck Berry covers and
4: Aaron, I gotta ask you, you've, you're a classical music guy, you study classical music. Mm-hmm. For most of America... Do you think who has had a better run, Beethoven the composer or Beethoven, the big St. Bernard in the movie series? <laughs> I mean, for most of America,
2: it's got to be the movies, right? I, mean, I, I think so. I I'll think, be honest, I haven't think, listened to any Beethoven for a long time
4: myself. So, I think the St. Bernard has had a better run <laughs> than that composer. It's hard to argue with that. the box office receipts. That's a great movie. Charles Grodin, he was great in that movie. <laughs> the Dog? Matt, your kids ever watch Beethoven? No. That's no, no. yeah, watching the Olympics on a different TV right now.
3: I think, there's, I think there's some stat out there like that Beethoven still is like the number one selling artist out there or something like that. Kind of like the Bibles, the mm-hmm. number one bookseller. Wow. Something like that. So I was just trying to look that up. Can you but. look up Hustler? Where does Hustler sit up? How do you spell that? I'm <laughs> giving
0: password. That, that song is actually 97 on the list of the greatest rock and roll songs of all time. He claims that he wrote that song because his sister was always playing piano and he wanted to get on there and play some rhythm and blues. But I'm convinced that 99% of Chuck Berry's stories are stories that he's made up after the fact. It's a good story, but that was 1956, by the way. Here we have the, al- the song that I would skip every single time when I listen to this album, Havana Moon.
4: By yeah, problematic. Moon. Yeah. Why, why do you say problematic, Aaron?
2: Well, this I don't know. I mean, it, it, this sort of... Um,
4: the Dialect that he's, you know, affecting here is questionable. Like misappropriating a, a culture is what you're saying. Yeah, I think so. I, I I agree with Rob. I just thought the song sucked. It was my least favorite song. Honestly, I didn't make I didn't make it through the whole album. We've talked about this beforehand. I made it through about the first ten songs every time, and then I would give up. Mm-hmm. But that was my least favorite song on the part of it that I could get through. I can just tell you, when you're taking kids tubing on a boat,
0: Chuck Berry, Grade 28, is not a great soundtrack to listen to because you're never quite sure what song he's playing. I always thought, though, Havana Moon was when you pulled down your pants and they saw the ham, the cheese, and the pickle. Because it was like a Cuban
3: sandwich. A little mustard on there. All right, school days.
1: School days. (laughs) Up in the morning and out to school.
2: This is such a famous song, right? This is like this comes on, you know exactly what it is, unless you think it's uh, But but this the isn't the one.
4: famous song. The the famous song is the one at the end of this that's called what is it called? No particular place to go. No particular place to go. And so I read like he essentially just copied the same song. Yeah. and a lot of critics have said like what other artists could get away of literally just playing the exact same song and changing the lyrics and it works for him. But it works for him. The second to last song on this is the one that we all know from like all the commercials. Let's back go to that day. right now. Screw this. Let's go to it. Right yeah, let's now. go to the end. Yeah, the order doesn't matter. No particular place. Yeah, it's the same song. So we parked
0: way out on the Kokomo. Oh, it he
4: shot some Kokomo in this one, too.
0: I love the Kokomo soundtrack. So
2: we both and this one also, control. like, it's, you know, it's questionable. You know, like, I, you I, I guess, like, the, the seatbelt is stuck, but. You know, and he starts talking about he can't get her belt to loose. It's just, it's, it's all problematic to me, as much as I absolutely love these songs.
0: Do you think School Days, though, is this the first song in history where people started making fun of teachers? Like, if this song had never been written, do you think more rock and roll songs would be supportive of teachers?
4: No.
3: Oh, for sure. No. Yep. This, yeah. Is, yeah, <laughs> this, this is the downfall of the beginning of making that, that genre, making fun of teachers, for sure. Yep.
0: Teachers are actually really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, let's get into rock and roll music.
1: Just let me hear yeah, that rock and
0: roll this is a top ten uh, for Barry.
4: It's top ten for the Beatles and for the Beach Boys. I didn't realize. I didn't realize going into this. I know that the Chuck Berry is like a great guitar player, but I love the piano on this album. The, There's so many cool piano songs. Didn't you guys enjoy that?
2: Yeah, I agree. I was just. One, I was trying to figure out. I wonder who the pianist isn't here. I wonder if they're credited anywhere because it's great stuff.
4: Johnny Johnson was the piano player on most of the songs. He I sued him, it is. didn't he?
3: He sued him, yeah.
4: He did. Matt, he did sue him. Tell us more about that. He
0: sued him, didn't he? Yeah, I was in his restaurant. I had eaten some barbecue. And that's the thing about his restaurant, too, right, with these toilet cams? Because that's what you really have to understand. I looked at the menu <laughs> for this restaurant. I looked at the menu. There is so much fried food at this restaurant. <laughs> it's like fried food and barbecue. It would be an incredible camera. <laughs> I mean, you would just be, you'd be like, this is a disaster. You could not pick a worse place to have a camera in the bathroom.
4: Aaron, stop laughing. Also
0: in the court, the judge, they, they mentioned that he would slow down and pause it
4: at some parts. Okay. Keep going. People, people confuse mine and Aaron's laugh. And I just want to make it clear. It's Aaron. That's laughing at Rob's jokes tonight. Not Wait, Russ. R- yeah.
0: Aaron, what do you think about toilet <laughs> cams? Oh, come on. What are you doing? That's
2: true. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> you got too much on me.
0: Oh, that's so funny to me. All right, let's go to uh, "Oh Baby Doll." A little guitar solo here for you, Russell. That's
4: pretty badass, isn't it? Yep. Way before its time, I think. Maybe there were other guys out there doing
0: this. I don't know. But if you listen to those old country songs, I mean, the kind of the rockabilly stuff, they're sounding a lot like this.
2: But this is definitely bringing that blues into it. They were probably doing it on the fiddle and he's doing the guitar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, other blues guitarists, I, mean, I feel like Howlin' Wolf from Muddy Waters might have been doing similar stuff, but not this fast necessarily. Oh yeah. We should, we should dive into some of those other guitarists and see this well nope we're not going to because next
0: yeah uh, we can't (laughs) we're We're trapped in this hellish we've only got 18 songs to go yeah yeah (laughs) so we're all the way up to song number 11 we have gone two years to 1957 so here's reeling and a rocket now this is like me this is like russ fishing with his nieces and nephews the reels are getting tangled up the hooks are getting caught in rocks and russ is singing reeling and a rocket
4: while we're playing this song, we can just talk about when I was up north this week instead of the song, if that's all right. Of course. Yeah. When, when I was part. up there, I realized, like, do you guys ever have a thing where you realize, like, you don't, you're not up to snuff with your peers when it comes to certain things? And I realized the thing I'm not up to snuff to is, like, captaining a boat with multiple people in it. Oh, no. Um, I'm terrible. I've always been terrible at, like, backing a boat in. I'm not good at docking the boat well mm-hmm. and landing it on the dock without ramming it right into the corner of the dock. I'm just like terrible. If I were to ever take a date out and like on the lake it, mm-hmm. she would never go out with me again, it would be a complete disaster. So is there anything that you guys are really terrible at that you don't want people to see you trying to do?
2: Man, I learned this week that I'm terribly using the damn Vitamix. I spend so much time wrestling, <laughs> like, oh. you know, I'm okay in the kitchen. I make food. I cook. Plenty of meals. I have plenty of disasters, too, which don't need to be discussed. But I cannot use the damn Vitamix. I tried to make pesto. I, I got to stop. Sometimes you. I gotta try gotta to make my son's smoothie. I'm terrible at the Vitamix. How
0: do you fuck up using a blender? How do I you don't do that? know, so, Rob.
2: This is the problem. Do you not problem. put the top on? Do you not, like, no, it in? No, what happens I don't is see. I end up with, like, it, I end up not getting the consistency right, and the blades go, and then it stuff gets chopped, and then it sits underneath the blades, so it can't get chopped up anymore. That's why I, I can't make my son's smoothie. I can't do a lot of things with the Vitamix. I'm terrible at it.
4: You just got to keep your dough hook out of there. That ruins it. You get your dough <laughs> hook out of there,
2: Aaron. You might have. I, our minds are broken, by the way. that
0: We all laughed at the word dough hook there. Um, <laughs> you might. Did you buy your Vitamix like off Facebook Marketplace, having to write a 100-word essay about favorite things to blend? Because it sounds like you <laughs> might have gotten a <laughs> knockoff model if it doesn't blend everything that's in the blender. like That's the one job it has. No.
2: <laughs> when my wife does it, it's perfect. She's great at it. I just, I can't, I don't know. I'm, I'm really bad at the, at the Vitamix.
0: That sounds, you know what I'm really bad at? Cleaning the kitchen floors. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, please. Oh, I'm so bad at this. Oh my gosh. Did I just shove all the dirt right to the middle of the floor and then walk away right and forget about it?
4: Yeah, I better not do that anymore. Ooh, I'm so bad at it. Ooh. Matt and Rob, you guys That's would be terrible life shoes. partners. Could you imagine Matt losing his shit if Rob just swept everything in the middle of it and then didn't sweep it all just up? Just left it there? Oh. Yeah, that you guys, would you wouldn't even last uh, two months. We would have to have, yeah, we would have to have a sit-down talk. Yes.
3: <laughs> all right, Rob. Rob, look at me in that. Rob, 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 look at me in the eyes. Okay. Now I've noticed. I'm at this right I've noticed that you know. You, you, hey, you're doing great. You're sweeping everything up in, into a pile. That's great. You know, I appreciate that. Hey, should we should we jack off together? On, you gonna... Gonna... <laughs> Rob, this is serious. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to have a serious conversation. It's also <laughs> just what Jenny says to me too when I say that. I'm trying have a serious conversation. Okay.
0: All right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But ignore what I'm doing here. Yeah. Uh, ignore this dough hook. <laughs> All right. Let's get into He's tubing uh, it. Uh, in this song, Aaron wanted to talk about Sweet Little Sixteen.
2: I... Aaron? I, uh, is this stuff-
0: problematic but yeah this is the one that uh surfing may say worked off right so yep. yeah aaron you mentioned that they they got sued the the, the beach boys wrote this song in uh 62 so five years later they just came out with this song
4: if everybody had a Same song. So they're like okay, same damn song <laughs> same maybe nobody <song>. <laughs> will notice did they did they have to pay for this you think or did they just do it chuck berry Actually, or the, the
0: record company sued them and Chuck Berry got a songwriting credit on that. So now every time that song oh. is played, Chuck Berry is listed as the songwriter, which I think is Ooh. that's uh, what, what you want out of that. Yeah. So,
4: so the one of the coolest things that I enjoyed about this song is I heard there's that part where do you guys remember ever as kids where you would rip your finger up and down the piano. It's like the most basic thing that anyone can do on a piano, right? Did you guys hear that in the song? Yeah, or but it hour? hurts
2: to do it right. It hurts to make enough it sound. It does.
4: There's actually YouTube videos about how to do it right. Check it out, Rob. Ooh, ow. Ooh. You, you can hear him back Ooh, there. Ooh. 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 ow, Ouch! Yes. They're just ripping up and down. And Aaron, I don't know if you know anything about this. You probably had to take piano when you were in, in in music or choir in yeah, college, out, right? Yeah, shut up. Professor I believe Nand that Owens. it's called a no. glissando. Is that correct? Where you yeah. rip up and down, it's called a glissando. Is that correct? Yes, indeed. It's hard so to I do, man. you are got to have tough fingernails for that shit. What I thought we could do is a list of the greatest songs ever, the greatest pop songs ever that feature a glissando on the piano oh, yeah. as part of the song. It's,
0: it's, it's time.
4: It was confusing, though, because there's also something called a which is similar, but it's not a portmento. Kind of the same but different?
2: Oh, right, Yeah. Portmanteau and a portamento are different, although similar idea because you're eliding between a portamento. Well, hold on, hold on. The come, here,
3: there's a toe, there's a toes joke coming. Hold on. No, I ah. was going to move. I was oh. going to move to Madrid and I was looking for an
2: apartamento, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> <All>
4: right, the, <laughs> the we can get into it. They're the, the same
2: idea. You're eliding between tones no, or between keep going, words. Russell. <sighs> the, the,
4: the first song on the list, list is one scary. of the favorites and. In- for me, this is not famous for Jerry Lee Lewis. It's really famous from Top Gun. But this is Great Balls of Fire by Jerry Lee Lewis. Check out the Ooh, glissando the on this one. Show the way home, one. honey. <laughs> you came you Bye. Bye. Yes. Bye. So nice. Goose jammed on this one. Take me to bed and lose me forever. What was your guys' favorite Top Gun song back in the day? Was it that song, Great Balls of Fire? Was it Highway to the Danger Zone, or was it when Cruise and Goose do, you lost that love and feeling? What about Take My Breath Away? Yeah, oh, I was that say, too, Take that My Breath Away, the, yeah. the, the
2: scene, right? When Tom Cruise oh, is like oh, licking man. her nose or whatever, yeah. It's a
4: weird <laughs> sex scene, man. I've seen it a thousand times. <laughs> Rob, who would you rather perform a sex scene with in a movie, Prince or Tom Cruise? Oh, Prince. He's so Prince? short.
0: Actually, both those guys would be so short on me. It would be like Lord of the Rings if Gandalf decided <laughs> to make out with the Hobbits. lot
2: of Lord of the Rings. That's what it would look like.
0: Tonight. Yeah, you shall not
2: ass. I like playing with the boys too. Wait, wait, wait! Can I retake that? (laughs) I should be really quiet because my.
0: You. This is Gandalf
2: uh, making out with the Hobbit. You shall eat ass. (laughs) You made us listen again for that.
4: Plus, I heard a good joke that got stomped. Why do you think they call him Gandalf the Gray? because this thing is grayer than it should be got gray hair. no actually being gray is normal in a lot of places it's not a big deal <laughs> thank you next up on the list is come on Eileen one of the greatest one hit wonders ever this, this song is. starts off with one of these glissandos here check this out this reminds me of something I did my sophomore year too <laughs> oh, <laughs> Rob. Jeez. oh there it is
1: did it's you hear that,
4: song. Aaron? Aaron, you're a Glissando guy. Can yeah. you have ripped it up, ripped up the mile, down at the beginning of that one? That's I can hear it.
2: Yeah, it's beautiful. Great
4: voice on this guy, too. I have no idea who the singer is on that one. It, this was, that song was actually listed as the number two one-hit wonder ever by Rolling Stone magazine. Do you guys have a guess at what the number one one-hit wonder by Rolling Stone was? My Sharona? It's a good guess, but incorrect. Uh. Oh. Is it Thriller? Nope. Matt, you got a guess? I don't have a guess. Oh, no. I know who
0: it was. Is it the Big Bopper when he crashed that
4: plane? <laughs> he said two hits in his life, right, Rob? Oh, that's
0: right. Chantilly Laysen when the plane crashed.
4: The actual the actual one, the greatest one-hit wonder was Take On Me by Aha. Is this, oh. this the
0: greatest one-hit wonder ever? Agreed. Is better, than, better than, than Come On Eileen? No way. Yes. But no, so, it is. It's a much better song
4: so come on Eileen actually you guys mentioned Michael Jackson come on Eileen knocked off Billie Jean as the number one song in the country in 1982 <laughs> Billie Jean got knocked off by come on Eileen oh my god people were idiots in
0: 1982
4: but there was also a glissando on a famous Jackson song this is the Jackson 5 oh, yes. their first hit ever I want you back so check this one out yeah, yes, that, that is one. a great start
2: Starts to the song, Starts off the song, right? too, right? Yes. And then that bass hits at the same time. That must have been tough to do.
4: Like, that's the Funk Brothers, too, right? Like, that's hard to do. That band is so good. Yep. And I believe, if if I remember right, wasn't that song sampled by Jay-Z for Izzo in the yes. last podcast yes. we did?
0: slowed way down, too, which is really yeah. cool.
4: Very cool. So I thought that was a great start with a glissando, but I think there's another one that's better. Check this start to a song out. This is ABBA, Dancing Queen. Oh, that one is badass. That was an aggressive one. That was
0: aggressive and quick. Yeah. Can we hear that
2: one more time? I want to hear that one once more.
0: Okay, but there's this pause in it that like makes you wait, so you really the tension builds. Look at how aggressive it is. Yeah. Oh.
2: It's a great song,
0: too. All the background yes. singers are looking at the piano player like, okay, we got to say, oh.
4: man, is ABBA coming up on this list at all? I know they were on the previous list. Did they get knocked down at all? I, I I always loved the first time we listened to it, but I don't know if it was the greatest hits or what it was. Probably ABBA Gold, right? Wasn't that It was the one?
3: Saturday Night Fever. They were on Saturday Night Fever, which everybody
4: considers ABBA, but it's not. Nope. The last song on the list was by a band that was originally called Tyrannosaurus Rex and they shortened it to T-Rex. This is Bang the Gong, or otherwise known as Get It On. Check out the glissando at the beginning of this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And
2: that's some Chuck Berry-style rhythm guitar there, too. I mean, I guess it's just the blues, but it reminds me of
0: Chuck Berry. Can I just say that that if they were called Tyrannosaurus Rex, they would be the biggest band of all time. There's no doubt about it.
4: What if, what if all their guitar players had really short arms that they couldn't reach the strings? <laughs> though? It'd be so good. <laughs> they can play with their teeth. But, uh, like Rob, Jimmy. Rob you were mentioning one players. thing that's really cool about that song, and it brings you back to Chuck Berry. There's a part at the very end of the song. We don't need to play, but at the very end of the song, essentially, they say something along. Meanwhile, I'm thinking, which is a ripoff or a, an ode to Chuck Berry. For one of the later songs we're gonna talk about where he says, Meanwhile, I've been thinking so that I thought that was a pretty cool way to get it back to your guy, Chuck Berry. I, I thought like they're gonna give credit to him by starting every song with
0: <laughs> sounds like a video game. By the way, uh ABBA is coming in
2: at three oh three, the definitive
4: oh, collection. That seems way too low, doesn't it?
2: Yes. Well the absolutely. whole hits conversation just has to I mean we're gonna have to have this over and over now for the next so, four
4: hundred. Aaron, just to 48. let you know.
2: Just to let you know, we will be
0: covering Abba in uh, 2026. So your, ch- <laughs> your your child will be like in middle school by the time we cover that. Just to let you know, oh,
2: that will be so proud. Not to, to make not to make to you,
0: you super sad, but there you go. <laughs> not
2: to destroy your night, but oh my go.
0: god, my kid will move out of the house that year.
2: God, oh my god, I'm gonna cry. Okay.
4: But so next time anyone goes to like their, their grandma's house and that piano sitting there and you rip up and down and you hurt that fingernail, just know there's been a lot of great songs that have started with
0: that. Oh my God. People would be so mad if I did that. Cause my grandma died like 10 years ago and we sold that house. <laughs> All right. That was it
2: for the list. I have my grandma's piano in my house. I'm going to try it tomorrow morning. Nice. Please record it and I'll put it up on the, uh, the Instagram. All right. I'm going to try it. It's going to hurt, man. That hurts your fingernails. Was
0: another Beck Did it better list by Russell. That was easily a top five list.
1: Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we always love say it, it, but I figured I'd put it in the sting anyway. That's I like a lick' We'll be going. That's gonna fantastic. Joke. Oh, all right. Pretty Let's get back to the album where we're going to hear another song. Start with.
2: Oh, Johnny, be good. <laughs> but this might be the best one. This might be the best one that does that.
4: This is badass.
2: I mean, there's a reason if we, like if we were going to communicate with aliens, this is the one to do it. Seventh on the
0: list of the hundred or the 500 greatest rock and roll songs, it's actually about his piano player, and then he just kind of made it about himself as well.
4: That would never be a top 10 song ever if it weren't on the Back to the Future movie, right? No, I think that I think, well, that, I think that changed because the song's I trajectory.
0: Know. I think the only other song to be changed like a movie that big was. Queen Bohemian Rhapsody in uh, Wayne's World. Mm. Yes. Yeah. There's Very there's no other song on. that got huge because of a movie compared to that. But like in that Queen movie, did you see that where they're like, yeah, we're going to make Bohemian Rhapsody? I was like, how is Wayne's World not in this Queen movie? I mean, Mike Myers is right there. He's on set. You could have hired him play Wayne World. Play Wayne World, actually. That was his real name. All right, around and around. And this is officially where I would check right out. Right round, baby. Right <laughs>
4: round, <laughs> like a running record, running, baby. Running, right running, round, running, round, round, running, round. round
0: Wouldn't it be great if Chuck Berry came out and he had, like, the eye patch on and the hat? (laughs) All I know is that to me, you look like you're lots of fun. When I flush the toilet, it goes right round, baby, right round. Right
4: round like a toilet, baby, right (laughs) round, 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 round. All right, Carol. (laughs) This this was the first time on the album where I realized... A quarter of his songs also sound like Run Run Rudolph. Yes. Yes. They're all just the same as Run Run Run, 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 Rudolph. Yeah, I mean, he had a style.
2: He went with it. He knew it worked. But yeah, this is where that guitar sounds just like T-Rex, or T-Rex is doing that same rhythm thing. They just slowed it down. Yeah,
4: you're right. You're right.
0: I used to do that song as a Christmas carol, and nobody got the joke. I'm deleting you, Aaron, when you talk there, because that joke was really good, but I don't think they heard it. (laughs) All right, beautiful Delilah. (laughs) Use the piano again,
2: you're right, Russell. I think the songs with the, the honky tonk piano are, are some of the best ones, except for Johnny Be Good, maybe. How many times do you listen to Salvin? I would say at least four all the way through. Uh, I don't think I ever quite made it all the way in one sitting, but I definitely played it throughout the day multiple times. It,
4: you could do a did lot any worse of you than guys make to- it? Did any of you guys make it through Memphis, this song, in one sitting? Or did you have to quit by the time you got this far? Like, the people are going to have to quit this podcast.
2: (laughs) I I made it through Memphis in one sitting. This is a sad song, man. I'm going to tell you right now, people.
0: At the end of this podcast, Matt and I are going to do another bit where we're married. So if you want to hear that, stick around. (laughs) And don't fast forward (laughs) to the end. That's cheating. All right. We've got Memphis. Johnny Rivers recorded a much more famous version that hit number two on the charts. but. We covered yeah, this, this is, song once on a
4: list of the greatest songs ever about Memphis. Me. We
0: did a list on the greatest songs about Memphis.
2: Yeah, it was the top oh five.
0: God, God, I cannot read.
2: <laughs> <laughs> One thing I like about his playing in this song and that I, that struck me about listening to this, this compilation is he's, he's obviously aggressive he's willing to get into the really beefy, chunky blues chords, but there's something so, and it, I mean, Jimmy, I think has the same quality like, is there something so delicate about his playing on Memphis and in other places? He's so capable of being precious and delicate and then just really ripping on stuff. And I, I think Jimmy, you know, came up in the same kind of rhythm and blues school and would have listened to Chuck Berry. And that's something that strikes me when I listen to him. Little Queenie.
4: And would, this is another song that would sound oh, like no, run, no. run, Run, Rubo. <laughs> this is like... All I can think of is Home Alone when I hear these songs. That's all I think
0: of. I'm going to eat your finger. I'm going to eat your fingers. (laughs) That's all I can think of now when I think of Home Alone is Joe Pesci. at the end? How we talked about if he actually ate his fingers, how terrifying that would be. What a different movie that would
1: be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, All right. Almost grown. (laughs) Guess who's singing in the background here, Aaron? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody you've probably never heard of named Etta James. Wow. I was trying to
4: figure who that is. I've never been in dutch. Is this the song where he goes? Is that the song? What <inaudible bás> does he do? Yeah.
0: All, oh, I feel like I'm here with Shakira Man, that's
2: Rob. That uh, I'm disappointed in myself. I should have known her voice. She is special. That's that's wonderful. I get yeah, because she was on Chess Records, right? That makes sense now.
4: So what you're saying mm-hmm. was Magic Mike was wrong, to, right, to call you out for being a dumb shit earlier. Yeah. I'm have to go back. I got to study. I got to study. I'm sorry, Music Mike. Okay. i
0: you
3: to know, put in more time in this podcast, Aaron. We've been meaning to have a conversation about <laughs> yes. your effort can I, lately. Can I just- your
0: effort is not, not up to par. <laughs> I got to talk to you guys about something. I oh. sometimes on this podcast, I try to put on an act and stuff, but sometimes oh. I want to get real. For the last two minutes, I haven't heard a word you've been saying <laughs> because I'm working on a joke in my head and it goes something like this. Are you ready? <laughs> Did you hear about her sister who sold crackers? Chetta James and there's something there and there's just something like Chetta James okay, I'm going to edit out all your laughing instead of
2: Etta that? James it's Chetta James she What's is quite Chetta? possibly the daughter of Minnesota Fats the famous pool player who was um, immortalized in The Hustler the movie The, movie, the Hustler right uh, Minnesota Fats who may or may not have been from Ames Iowa if I have to look that up uh, yeah, I'm going to have to check that that out.
0: explains but, yeah. that scene in the movie where he doubles down on a hard 12
4: <laughs> I get it. <laughs> See, Russ, also known as an Iowa double Down. Cheddar right? ah. sounds like
0: cheddar. Cheddar <laughs> sounds like cheddar. And I do want to point out, I was vulnerable with you guys, and you changed the subject. Very hurtful, Matt. We're gonna have a conversation about this at the end of the podcast.
3: <laughs> All right, is not in front of everybody
0: else. All yeah. right, not in front of the kids. <laughs> Back in the USA. Oh well, oh well. I feel so good. I did reference this song once before on the show, but it did get cut out because it was Just boring.
4: I thought the this White was album? probably the best song in the second half. If yes. I could actually get to the second half, this was my favorite song in the second half. USA. I think there
0: should
2: be more songs where they say USA like that. Oh, how I yearn for you. It just, it's a true feeling of, of, you know, longing for home. It's fun. Yeah, it's like,
0: because he actually wrote that coming back from Australia, and he was landing down and he wrote that song. Some people think that that also applies maybe if you're, like, at a cabin with your family for... uh about two months and maybe you realize you're scheduled for about no, i don't know three or four weeks too long and you
4: know yeah my family didn't like what you got left (laughs) when i spent the last two days before i went to the casino just singing about other cities i would rather be in than with my family they didn't they didn't like that so much they thought it was insulting
0: i was wondering why you were like hey can i write the parody song this year it's called i hate my family i want to get out of here (laughs)
4: yeah we can use it next time i go up
0: there i suppose all right. Speaking of waterbeds, let it rock. God, that doesn't quite work, but it's close again. It's really it's close. Right. <laughs> <laughs> working on a with a
1: steel driving hour. I gotta get some money, buy some brand new shoes, try to
4: find somebody. Run, run, rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> Every song is run run rudolph. It's the same damn song. <laughs> <laughs> this is
2: stuff that you could definitely tell Dylan was listening run, to, run. though. Like he's doing this kind of working man thing, and you could tell that's what Dylan was, you know, eventually expanding upon. I, I gotta tell you, I love a song that tells
0: a story. I do. I love a song about, Hey, I'm waking up in the morning. I'm swinging a hammer. I go home and I got 17 kids. I'm like, yeah, I'm into that song. I love it. I think it's great. Those are called Rudolph.
4: Not on this damn album. There's there's (laughs) songs that sound like it. And not one of them is the song people know. I know Matt doesn't like Christmas songs, but it should be on here. It's a joke. If it's not on here, we couldn't have done the great 29. That would have worked just fine. I'm still
0: waiting on my thing. You like that? After you got arrested for that toilet thing, he actually came out with a sequel to that. Yeah. What was it called? It's called Runs, Runs, Rudolph.
4: (laughs) Aaron, don't laugh at that.
0: (laughs) Aaron, did you hear me? Yeah. I said Runs, Runs, Rudolph. (laughs) That's true. All right. That's true. I probably could get sued for doing that. Okay, so. Deep fake. Next up, we have, which Deep I think fake. is the saddest song on the list, which is Bye Bye Johnny, which is such a blatant sequel to Johnny Be Good, where he's like, eh, I better go back to the well. Let's we'll see. It's worse than Johnny Be Good in every way.
4: Recorded worse. The opening's worse. The lyrics are worse. At this point, it should be changed from the grade 28 to the mediocre 28. This song's not good enough to be on the grade 28. <laughs> yeah, what, what year was this one recorded, Rob? How? I don't know. I think
0: it's it, somewhere between, uh, before 61. But it's not recorded well. So maybe kind of a money grab. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, it's, it's like me when I'm talking about uh, Miami football, I'm talking about you. The you.
2: The you. That's a deep joke. This one is quite different in
4: style than some of the other ones we've heard. Aaron, what? Aaron, for real, you got this far? You listened to this song? Dude, yeah, of course I did. I listened to all the songs. Matt, <laughs> give times. us one thought on the album. We're at we're at song like 24. Tell us something you liked or didn't like.
3: I, I think you clearly hear uh, the influence that he has on other bands that we've listened to, Rolling Stones and The Beatles. But again, I'm with you guys. This is boring. I can't take one more song. I just want to shut the album off and be done with it. The boring is shit. 28. We should rename it. Yeah.
0: Release it with a new name. Did I ever tell you guys about my sophomore year of college?
2: Yeah. A number of times. Yeah. What, what
0: happened? <laughs> is that when they called you thick dick? Next song is come on.
2: Oh, Rob. See way different guitar style in on this one. Hey, everything
0: is wrong since I was like, boy, I, I love get get this song. I remember loving this song and I, to to song and I realized why. It's because it's the Rolling Stones' first single ever. Wow. Whoa. I didn't know that. And I had, I, this is, I had the collection of their singles, and I used to love this one. 64, Nadine. Oh, I I like that's this an interesting one. start. Yeah. Oh, now we're back. We're back. <laughs> and you might wonder why he was not making any songs from 61 to 64, and it's because he was in jail for that time. <laughs> All right,
4: now no particular place to go. No particular place to go. Hmm, this is a banger. I don't care where it comes in the great, the mediocre twenty eight.
0: It's still a banger song. So wait a minute. If there's no island named Kokomo, what's
2: he talking about with the Kokomos? I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, he says we parked way out in the the Kokomo. I thought for a while it was Poconos because he loves talking about you know U.S. geography, Mm. but I don't know what the hell he's talking about with with the Kokomo.
4: Have you guys, when's the last time you guys made out in a car? Does it have to be with one of you that are on the podcast? or could be someone else. 2007, probably. (laughs) I did it two nights
0: ago. Yeah. Way to go, Rob. Got to a dinner (laughs) reservation early and I was like, Hey, we should make out. Not great. It was not great. Making out in a car is not
4: easy to do. You know, especially when you're older.
2: I applaud you for trying, man. That's great. Keeping romance alive. The question
4: is, did you, Rob, did you have to do the lean over who leaned over? Well, it got
0: awkward. Cause I was at the airport pickup and halfway through Jenny walked in to the car. <laughs> like, what you doing?
4: <laughs> and it turned out you met that guy who was flashing his bright side. Yeah, exactly. You guys made up. And- yeah.
0: No, it was just me by myself. Um, flashing my bright side. But it just was not. It was we were Kind of like, OK, let's go in and maybe they'll give us a table. Like, that's what Jenny said. We did it for a while. Jenny was like, maybe they'll give us
2: a table early. And I was like, OK, <laughs> reviews are in. But there was there was a fair amount of making out in cars in my in my in the early part of, uh, of my now marriage. But uh, it's been a while since we since we tried it. So I don't know now. And the, from, I've, from the passenger seat, I'm not sure how it would go. I'd
0: give it a shot, though. Folks, tell us what you think about making out in cars. Uh, text into the BEX line, 802-277-2324, 2325, and tell us, is making out with
4: cars thumbs up, thumbs down? What do we think about making out in cars? No, Rob, no, it's, mm. what, was the, what was the game? What was the game called? Uh, Buster. Well, we Big had a Bust Buster <laughs> bust <or, laughs> was it a bust <laughs> or a big bust? I think, think Buster big bust turned out to be a big bust. <laughs> oh, and that's good. I like that. That bit was rolling bone. Listen, <laughs> wait, is bone higher or lower?
0: That might mean it's good. All I know is that Jenny says, Oh, yeah, you like this, you like this. And the blinker was going left and right. So I, there was. <laughs> I was happy with that. I was like, oh, the size of a blinker. I'll take it.
4: What if we just change the rating at the end? And we can just rate making out in cars and do our ranking on that instead of this album.
0: <laughs> well, I could tell you it was a rolling. Let's get going oh. to the restaurant. <laughs> and let's get going on the rest of this pod. I want to be your driver. You know who's playing guitar on this? Matt be- Guitar Murphy.
2: This one... Oh, this is like a Beatles song. Here. Yes, yeah. this is John Lennon full-on ripped off. So much this is, the vocals here. this is
0: the last song on the album, 65. This is hit off his Live in London album, which I don't know if it's in the front of a live audience or what, but he's also got Matt Guitar Murphy on guitar back Oh, there. the Blues yeah, Brothers. absolutely.
4: Wow. So is the Beatles ripping this off, or who, who came first yes. with this song with Chuck Berry or the Beatles? Well, Chuck uh,
2: Berry I mean, you're though. thinking of like Drive My Car? Drive My Car would have come out in 64, so maybe that did come out mm. before this one.
0: I'm going to edit out where I was wrong.
4: Yes, I I was just about to say that. (laughs) Beatles came out within 64. I'm going to edit that before. That song was very different than almost everything on the album. It's a pretty solid ending for the album of the mediocre 28. Unless you're like me and you put in
0: a secret track to play at the end in Chuck Berry's career. He only had one number one song that hit number one on the Billboard charts. Did I tell you guys about my sophomore year? This is my dingle. Yeah.
2: So sad, this was a the number one hit. Song
0: you ever had. Absolutely. His only number one hit.
2: Will oh, not this think. is it. <laughs> That's you sad.
0: Must be playing <laughs> with your own Whoa! What? It's so dirty. Also, the longest song on this, the four-minute song.
4: People love it.
2: But listen to this. The guitar work is still fantastic.
0: Can I be honest with you guys again? I want to
4: bare my soul. Yeah. Last time it worked great. My toilet (laughs) ring light. Is there something there with that joke? What? Toilet ring light.
0: So it'd be so dark. How would you take pictures? It doesn't make sense to me.
4: Like, (laughs) do you have a flash?
0: (laughs) If I I said... There's got to be a lot of These are honest questions, Rob. If I sat down and a flash went off, I would be suspicious. Okay. Is
4: it audio or video only? Do you have to have like a, one of those the red, yellow, white cables to hook it up somewhere, like an old VHS player or not?
0: It cannot be audio. There cannot be audio. It's There's just not video. A thing, no way. It's just video. There cannot be it. That cannot be part of it, the audio of
4: it. I mean the guy's a musical genius. You're telling me he didn't have audio, he only had a visual. I gotta cable? tell you a
0: Chuck Berry story for one after the podcast, too. It's unbelievable. All you right.
4: Just tell it now. No one's getting this far anyways. Just <laughs> tell it now. Oh, hell, nobody's listening. They found it they found a video of him
0: and a woman, like taking dumps on each other. Oh, I mean,
4: we could say that for after. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Matt Matt Matt's gonna chime in on that one afterwards. That's for the, we'll save it for the secret pod. Yeah, that's a secret pod. Take a breath. Can you imagine? A in record, they played that video and they're
0: like, Is that you? And you have to be like, hmm. It's like,
4: I should have never got that red and white audio cord. It, I would have been fine with just the damn video, but now they confirm it's me.
0: Because <laughs> you know the video would start with like your face real close to the camera when you turn it on. Like... <laughs>
4: okay, I think I got it. The red light. It's on. Okay. Can you hear me now? Plug in that white cord. Yeah.
0: Now, could you take a, a big
4: shit out of me? This? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, this is going great. of my life. I love it. <laughs> okay. And then at the end, you're like,
2: oh, God, bros.
0: Okay. How do I turn
2: this? It, it feels like that kind mind. of thing would be hard to schedule too, right? You can't just like poop on command. Like you'd have to like plan. Okay. Like we both typically do this at like what, you know, 10 a.m. or whatever it is. Like it seems like a lot of work. <laughs>
0: That would explain all the empty coffee cups in the background.
4: Can you imagine if Aaron had to deal with all these complications when he was living out in the garage? It uh-huh. would have made life so difficult. You just see the background. <laughs> is like, oh yeah, we bought so much. We bought so much milk. I can't find the red and white cables. Okay, we've been drinking. I don't know
0: how we're going to record we've this. We've been drinking
4: buttermilk for two days. I'm ready for this day. <laughs> <laughs> I had a problem while we were making out in the car before our scheduled time. <laughs> this is the end of the podcast, I think.
0: Okay. <laughs> all right, so that's it. Let's get into everybody's favorite and patented the rating system. I officially have too many
3: things. You br- a rating us. Rating us. There you go. <laughs> I need all these. Awesome.
0: Everybody's favorite part of the show. The patent and- did it better Rating system oh
4: yeah i've spent all this time trying to figure out whether it would be patented or just copyrighted
1: (laughs) oh no do i owe you money now
4: shoot maybe i was thinking about filing a patent before you could but this is album number 51
0: if you think it's perfect at 51 we think this album is rolling well toned do you think that this album is better than 51? It could be 50, 49. You know what? This album prints better. This album rumors better than this album got rolling boned being all the way back at 51. Or is this album a rolling grown? You don't really like it. You think it should be 52, 53, maybe back at 303 with ABBA when we cover it when Aaron's kid is in high school. All right. Russell, what do you think? Is this rolling well toned, rolling boned, or rolling grown?
4: To me, it's just too long. It's. If if we just had 12 songs that's on this list and they weren't all the repeats of the same songs, I would have been. Yeah, that's not bad. Not bad, man. Just too long. Too long. Hey, just, just it's too long. too long. Wait till after the song, man. And i are going
0: to have a little conversation.
4: Yeah. Admittedly, I don't always get that feedback, which is a bit hurtful. But it, <laughs> maybe if someone just said it once, it would be nice. I tried to listen to this multiple times and I could never get through the whole thing. And I think if you can't get through the whole thing. Then it, then it's. There's something wrong with the construction. It shouldn't be high, that high on the list. And for me, I know. I don't know if he he didn't have albums at the time, so I know this is a compilation. So it's a, a little bit different. But this isn't an album to me. This is a compilation. It shouldn't be on the list. So it is rolling, grown, or also known as a big bust, a big bust. <laughs> All right, Matt. What do you think? Rolling well toned, rolling boned, or rolling grown? <laughs>
3: I c- I didn't like listening to this album um I think it's too long i I certainly respect the influence that Chuck Berry's had, but I think to Russell's point it's not an it's not an album um they didn't have him back then It's nothing against not having an album but it's it's just it's too long it's the same thing over and over uh, so I'm gonna say it's rolling groaned all right, Aaron, be just
0: like the guy playing uh Blackjack next to Russell. Why don't you take a stab and tell us what do you think of this?
2: Album Rolling Stone, Rolling yeah. grounded, Rolling Grown. I'm gonna tell you what I think, and hopefully not get stabbed. It just dawned on me that both Chuck Berry and Miles Davis are from St. Louis, and that this uh, this stuff was coming out at the same time as Kind of Blue, which is just blows my mind to think like, did they ever meet each other? Uh, but I will say, I had a lot of. Uh, gro- grown moments and uh, cringe moments listening to some of these songs and thinking about what we now know about Chuck Berry, the person. So that's hard to let go of, but I love listening to it. I think I put it on in the house and just let it run. I think I could do a lot worse in terms of having fun than just listen to 28 straight Chuck Berry songs. Agree with you guys. I've made my, my feelings clear on greatest hit albums on the list, but they are on the list. We are listening to them. And he is such an important figure in rock and roll. I have to say against my better judgment that it's rolling well-toned.
0: You guys are all incorrect.
2: The correct answer.
0: This is a rolling inspiration. Guys, yes. Did every single intro to this song sound the same? And did we all think of run, run, Rudolph every time we heard these songs? Yes, but guess what? That's because it's good. We it is like it rocks. It is so good. It was fun to listen to. And there is no other album that has inspired so many albums that we've listened to on this list than this. one. This is like the original inspiration album. It's it's you know, it's it's just unbelievable to be able to hear the future in 1955. That was like so long ago. It's crazy. Next up, we've got someone with the same nickname as Russell's penis. The Thin White Duke. We've got David Bowie, Station to Station. <laughs> when you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time. I was going to say mine, but it seemed funnier to see Russell. But you're right just too lazy to look it up online. If you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get off track. I've got the perfect
3: podcast for you, Jack.
2: Beck did it better.
0: Matt, can I have an honest conversation with you right now? Yep. Did it's you think here. that Chetta James joke was any good? <laughs> no, not good. It was, it was brutal. That was, was pretty, pretty bad. bad. Right.
3: The reach. It was a, we call it a stretch. Well, it speaking of good. a reach, let's let's jack each other off. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the problem is Russell. Every time you start singing "Run, Run Rudolph," it made me laugh
4: so hard. Well, it's true. That's all I could think of when I was listening to it. Is that how the fuck yeah, are same. all these songs the same as "Run, Run Rudolph"?
1: Run, Run Rudolph.
4: And that's the best oh, yeah. one, and it's not even on there.
0: It's the best one. You keep saying that, that Run Run Rudolph is Chuck Berry's
4: best song. Isn't it? Am I wrong? Yes. Yes. Oh, you guys don't know what you're talking about.
2: Johnny Be Good is way better. Maybelline is probably the best song in this whole thing.
4: All right. Johnny Be Good can be better. That's about it. You imagine Russell at a Chuck
0: Berry concert, play Run Run Rudolph.
4: What? what? It's the same song. <laughs>
1: It's on there four times.
0: Five times. It's best song. It is. Oh, God. Why oh, am I not mean, still recording? Oh, I would just play the podcast. The podcast would just be a 10-second clip of wrestling. It's right, right, <laughs> no, 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 his best song. And everybody would be like, okay. All right. Sound. I, don't oh, I am recording. Yes. I'm still recording.